Hey, welcome to the Gear Slum, your one-stop shop for all things guitar culture nonsense. We got a special episode here today. Um, we're going to bring to you this on a Monday. So if you're listening, it's a different day than normal. Not that it matters. You probably already know that. Anyway, what we got is um, an, ep- an interview here with Phil and Chad from King's Kaleidoscope. Um, these guys, Chad Gardner, they just put out a mixtape a few days ago. Um, very cool guys. Interesting music. Um, it's Christian music, but has a kind of unique perspective that a lot of Christian music doesn't have. So they're very much interested in creating art and not just, you know, whatever's popular. So they do interesting stuff with cool instrumentation and all kinds of stuff. So check them out. Um, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid, purveyors of fine cables with a hundred year guarantees. Check out sinusoid.com for all your cable needs. Make sure you get some strings from the Gabriel Tenorio string company. Um, best strings you can get. I have them on my jazz master and I love them. Um, anyway, let's get into that interview. So this is an interview that Phil did with Chad after a show a couple months back. Um, and we thought now would be a good time to bring it to you since they have a new mixtape out and since they're doing cool stuff. So here it is, check it out. Make sure that this is getting the right everything. Mm-hmm. So, not all of our listeners are familiar with you guys. Yeah. Could you just talk a little bit about history of the band and mm-hmm. how you got started? Sure. Uh, so yeah, King's Kaleidoscope started. A while ago, it's been probably around 2010, but it was part of a church plant. So I was actually working for a church, and we did that for a couple years, about four years, um, three or four years, and it was kind of that's what we were doing. Everybody, you know, had their jobs and whatnot, and yeah. I was working for the church, so we were doing that that whole thing, and then I left that to basically just start try to start making records. Mm-hmm. We made our first record uh, three years ago, and then just last year made our second record, and so it sort of feels like there's two beginnings to the band. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> we kind of formed a long time ago, but really as a like band band, and doing kind of our own model of touring and making records uh, ourselves it has only been a couple of years now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of feels like we have two beginnings. Cool, yeah. I. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about, it's completely independent, right? You guys are doing everything yourselves, start to finish. Is that correct or no? Uh, not, I mean, yes and no. We have a, we, the last two records came out on Tooth and Nail Records. Okay. Um, and this one. But it was, it was still, it was kind of like a, uh, a different kind of deal, like pretty unique deal, and they mostly were distributing it. Okay. So we were still making all the records, self-produced. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know, that's kind of what they were helping us with distribution, basically. Okay. Yeah. So still very, very DIY. Yeah. In yeah. Sense, you know. And now, now we're completely independent and kind of have over the over the last few years kind of assembled our core team of people that help us. You know. 
Okay. And make stuff happen. And so, without tooth and nail doing dis distribution, I mean, you obviously you have a fan base at this mm -hmm. point, and I listened to, um, uh, I think it was Bad Christian, when you said that you, you're making a living, actually making a living doing music, which is like literally living the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, I, I, I'm assuming that comes from the lead up of a fan base that you've been growing over all this time. But how much of it do you think, how much of that history matters, I guess, mm -hmm. and, and, and how much of it is the stuff that you're using to do your own distribution now? Does that make sense? Uh, kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, us us being around at, you know, the church we were at was definitely, it definitely, like, gave us a little bit of a head start on mm -hmm. the platform to really actually kind of launch as a band. Um, as a pretty high-profile church. Big church, <laughs> yeah. Bit, totally, pro, or, yeah, high-profile church. But we still weren't, like, we, didn't, we never would tour there. Like, we literally just made two or three EPs mm -hmm. for the church and then yeah. like, they were like on iTunes and stuff like that. Right. So it wasn't like we were, you know, we weren't like doing big campaigns on Facebook or Twitter right. or any of that stuff. It just was like, people were just, I think, really attracted to what we were doing. Yeah. And then on the first record and then the last record, that was more like, with Tooth and Nail's help, how do we, you know, just get the word out to people that we're doing this? But still, no real big tours or anything like that. I mean, this has been the first year we've organized our own tour and basically seen the whole country. We've gotten to go to uh, we got to go to the UK this year, um, or I guess I guess almost exactly a year ago we got to go to the UK and play some of these songs, and then also uh, we went to Australia and New Zealand this year. So rad. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride, and it's just but it really has felt DIY and uh -huh. like a you know. It's been, it's been good and successful. And it's been almost one year since this album came out. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Beyond Control came out. Yep. And you still live in Seattle? Mm-hmm. And you have two kids. Is that right? One. You have one kid. Okay. Yeah. Do you? How much time home in one year? And how much time touring? We only like play family. thirty shows a year. Okay. Up to forty shows a year. We we basically do long weekends every once in a while. Uh, like this week has been a week. We did six shows this last week and a half. Okay. But really, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very minimal. Mostly, we're making records. Like I'm, I have a little studio in my basement. We're recording, making stuff, producing mm -hmm. music. And, yeah. So that's not the bread and butter. I mean, everything just puts a little bit in the pot. I mean, so I'm the only one that does this full time. Everybody else has another part time job. Okay. Okay. So that that's the only way reason that we're not on the road all the time. Yeah. We just don't really want to be set up that way. Mm-hmm. Because um, we do have families. And stuff. Uh, yeah. Right. We want to make music, make content, and uh, and then go play it for people. But we don't want to play it for people twice a year. Mm -hmm. you know, we want to hit every major region as much as we can. And this is the first year we've tried to do that. Mm -hmm. Where, like, venues wouldn't even consider booking us because we'd never played. So we'd say we've got you know whatever this many hundreds of thousands of streams on Spotify or, yeah. or whatever the numbers were, you know, and they'd just be like, 
Uh, yeah, but how many tickets did you sell last time you were here? <laughs> well, we've never been there before, but everywhere has been great, like the whole year. Yeah. So we've had to actually just rent venues the whole year. Man. Um, now, at a, as of this point, really, we did this, we finished this tour with Citizens and Saints, another band, and just at this point, now we have like our first history of touring okay. the U.S., and we can kind of go out and do it again. And isn't there like technology to show like focused downloads and stuff like that? Wouldn't that sure. make a difference? Yeah, but venues, they don't at care. At the end of the day, they want to know how many tickets you can sell in that yeah. city. And downloads don't necessarily equal. Star they're starting to consider them, but it's that's a that's a very new statistic. So okay, so as far as um, your gear goes, mm -hmm. you write and you record and you tour. Do you use different stuff for all three stages, or do you kind of have some things that you that you have all the way through? I I noticed that you're a telly guy um, in all of your videos, and you're playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty consistent. Um, you know, I have a, my pedal board is kind of the same pedal board I have at home. I've got a lot of other random pedals laying around mm -hmm. my studio and stuff. Um, I only have one amp. I have, I guess I actually have three three guitars. One of them, uh, the, dr the drummer's had for a while now, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, and that's kind of like what I bring with me is my rig. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, I guess I also bring my Juno with my keys player plays that. That's, that's a pretty staple thing in the studio and um, on the road. But everything else, like, we're, we're kind of a simple band in the sense of, like, drums, bass, uh, keys, lead guitar, and then me playing guitar, sometimes keys and singing. And, you know, the lead guitar player's got his just big pedal board and plays lead. Keys player plays a Nord and then he plays main stage where we have like patches of yeah, right. stuff in the studio. Um, and then he plays the Jun my Juno. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know, it's the bass player same thing, just board we don't we the only thing that's that's you know, a lot of bands do this too, but we do a lot of I do my style of writing is very um, like hip hop producer style, so it's a lot of like Sampling, chopping up stuff, rearranging, even though it sounds very live. It is live, but I end up messing with it a lot. Yeah. So we do end up using loops and samples, sometimes triggered live on the drums, or sometimes mm -hmm. just through an SPD. We're talking Right. Drummer. But yeah, I mean, you saw my board out there. I have like as small a board as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I took some pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, and I've heard you say that in, um, in a lot of other interviews you've done, and it's, it absolutely comes across. Maybe you know. Maybe it was affecting me that I'd heard you say it multiple times, but I feel like it totally comes across live. Just the the uh, the vibe of the the beat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, with a a band this size, it's not it's not expected that the kind of rhythm that you use and the kind of mm -hmm. uh, I'm just thinking of the the hymn that you that you guys did tonight. Well, it's coming out found. Yeah. Yeah. That that rhythm, and I've seen guys try to do it in churches before, and it like uh -huh. totally throws people because it's like, you know, because you mess with the rhythm so much. Mm -hmm. um, but that is such a cool song. I mean, it's such a cool version. Yeah. That that you came up with to. Well, it's a great song, so it's you know it's hard yeah to, hard to mess it up, but yeah. 
what's an example of a song that you can think of a specific piece of gear that was instrumental in recording or in in writing and then recording and and also you're you're still using it like like you said a pedal on your board dreams i know you guys love octave pedals yeah uh, we do we do we use yeah I mean, you've got so the pitchfork on your board yeah so like uh i mean for whammy pedals that's the thing i do a lot is i use the i think it's the fifth up yeah to make create chords so uh like on in this ocean is a song of ours the whole thing is i mean the whole chord structure of that song is built off of what chord shapes can i play and use the fifth huh interesting same with uh, another song we used to have called Higher Throne and Joy Has Dawned on a, a Christmas record. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I also use that same deal on Sabotage. Okay. Which is another song off our last record. Um, maybe it's just those ones, but that's like a sound I really, really like. And I prefer the whammy because it's got the little warbly deal to it. Okay. It's kind of nasty, like the, the third or fourth generation one. Um, very digital, but I can't really fit that on my tiny little board, so mm. I just take a pitchfork with me, and it works fine. For, okay. For live, yeah. But you end up using that a lot, like initially when you're when you're writing stuff. Yeah, sometimes just to try to try to find a new sound. Yeah. Things. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a piece of gear for sure that just created some songs for us. Okay. And then the same with uh, I have an OP1, which is a little synth keyboard thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's like a crazy oscillating delay on it, and I put drums through it, and that that created this oscillating drum tone bell sound thing that we use for a song called Dreams. Mm -hmm. And that basically created, also inspired that whole song for me to create that song. Hmm. So I do definitely find I just will, will chase down when I find a sound I really like I'll make it make sure that I can get a song out of it. Okay. Sort of. Right. Yeah. When you're like. That's that's cool. This. Yeah. Yeah. So like the song Enchanted and Trackless Sea on the last record, um, I found this piano. It's a it's actually a Native Instruments plugin called Unicorda, hmm. and it's basically prepared piano. Well, it's not prepared piano. It's a it's modeling a piano that was built for. Oh, I forget who it was. Maybe Nils Fromm or something. But anyways, it's basically I think it's a piano where it's only single strings, but the strings in the piano are like super tall or it's oh, interesting. something like okay. that. It's really weird. It's, some, it's very belly um, and then there's a lot of like clicking and you can adjust lots of stuff. So we got this very prepared piano sound that didn't sound normal on two songs and that huh. inspired that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so then um, you said it inspired it but then what did, do you end up using that in tracks on on tour? No, or we just use the main stage okay. rig. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. And actually, we just released today the instrumental from our last record came out, so you can hear all the detail and all that instrument stuff. Oh, rad! Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. How about favorite guilty pleasure pop song? Dude, I don't know if I have a guilty <laughs> pleasure. I just, I, I, I'm stoked on it if I like it. Uh, I don't feel guilty about it. Um. Let's see here. I don't know. I mean, I, I really, really like Rihanna. She's as pop as it gets. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, like almost all Rihanna. I think it's really awesome. <laughs> I love her voice. I love the production. Um, 
So I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I, Rihanna. That's pretty. That's pretty jamming right there for me. Yeah. Anything and everything, Rihanna. Okay. Cool. Anything and everything, Rihanna. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. The funny one funny thing about that kind of stuff is that I used to DJ growing up in middle school and high school and just did a ton of school dances and weddings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of like it it kind of has ruined some like good pop music for me. Yeah. Like, you know, you listen to like good pop songs by Katy Perry, whoever it's like this is a solid song. Right. But I'm just like it's kind of it's kind of killed it for me where it's harder for me to get into it. Honestly, even like I can't listen to, like, Sir Duke anymore and not just think of, like, a wedding reception <laughs> with, like, some, you know, random people in a <laughs> random venue. Yeah, right. In the Northwest. <laughs> yeah. Brings back too many memories. The only song that has escaped that that I played at every wedding ever is uh, uh, I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. I think Solid. the only one, and I think it's because it's so different than everything else I would play. Mm -hmm. But every night that I would get played, I would just feel so good because it's so different. Like the congas come out of one speaker. Like everything's mixed so old school. Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what question? <laughs> what question do you always get asked in interviews that you're sick of getting asked? I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty easy for me to. Google different chat interviews. <laughs> chat interviews and surprise, surprise, a lot of people are asking the same questions. Um, how do you how do you arrange songs? Right, yeah, right, right. How do you I arrange mean, songs? How do you get your how do you get your start? Yeah, I, I, yeah, a prayer. Right, everybody wants to talk about. I always about. know what the meet and greets are going to be. A prayer. How did you get your start? And uh, how do you arrange your music? Basically, mm -hmm. those three. And, questions though. <laughs> I, yeah, that's yeah. some of it is kind of like formational and totally. So it's totally. makes sense. Necessary, but yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, so how many how many more spots do you have on this tour? Did you say? Just one. Okay. Tomorrow, Tomorrow and it's. Okay. And are you guys like? Do you have a a bus? Or are you? Doing vans, like how are you? We basically, well, since we're doing these kind of not long tours, with just these these short weekends or condensed, yeah. Weeks, we just fly into the first date. And uh -huh. We rent a van. We go between the dates. Okay. And we fly home. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. So do you have like, is there one va van with all the gear? Yeah. Right now we're just putting in the back and we're backlining every show for amps and drums. Dude. So we've we've been playing new different amps every night. This last weekend has been a nightmare. We've had. Jared, how many amps broke on you? Well, it wasn't the amps. It was that cable. But it's three, I guess. That's true. That's true. Okay. That's <laughs> terrifying. Well, one of them definitely was broken. That I that mesa that mesa was definitely broken. Yeah. Here's here's a question. What what do you like to geek out about that doesn't have to do with music? Is there anything that you're like super into? Um, I've been movies basketball or basketball. Okay. Yeah, and it's probably the only thing. Oh, sneakers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? Why sneakers? I don't know. I've liked shoes since I was like eight. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, it was so funny. We we flew into Orlando. We did Orlando, Atlanta, Nashville, and going to Orlando was the first time I ever went on a plane. Mm -hmm. I think I was probably eleven or twelve. And so driving through Orlando is like my memory of Orlando as an eleven-year-old. Yeah. Right. Was going to the Nike factory and getting 
Gary Payton's signature sneakers okay. to play basketball. <laughs> and it made a huge impression on you. I just and you were like, yeah, I just okay. Yeah, I still do. Hmm. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. Um, if you weren't doing music, what, what would you be doing? I'd probably be in some sort of like creative director role. Okay. Or um, like a project, running pro creative projects for, you know, probably like advertising or, or at a label. Okay. Definitely. Like, I mean, I can see myself in, you know, 15, 20 years if I'm not still writing tons of songs and <laughs> stuff like that. Which, I mean, I'll probably keep making music till, till I die, just because mm -hmm. I do. But, um, just helping other bands do do that and just just anything and everything art. I mean, what I'm working on right now is we, we're working on a project, recording a lot of music for it and writing a lot of songs. But I'm simultaneously collaborating with a fashion designer in Berlin and a fine artist in Zurich, working on this this crazy. I mean, it's hard to even call it merch. It's basically like they're actually wanting to make us like it's almost like a fashion line. All these crazy outfits for the band for tour, videos, Whoa. music videos, all this crazy stuff. Is this the the hip hop album? Yeah, it's gonna be more hip hoppy for sure. There's okay. a lot of features and stuff. It's not like full on rap like every song, but there's a lot of that vibe. Mm -hmm. with it. So yeah. Okay. So I mean, but in that sense, that's still really inspiring for me because it's just it's visual and it's. Uh, it's just all encompassing. Yeah, I like to be. My fingers are in like every pro, every. I mean, I design a lot of the merch we do, and then collaborate super closely on any video we do, or help edit them. I'm like in all of aspects of putting forth a like, just who we are, just representing it every way I can. Yeah. Yeah. So is it about? Is that about? Control or is it about creativity? I mean, I guess it, it's got to be a little both, but yeah, I mean, I'm but which really... is more, which is more compelling to you? Well, I mean, it is control, but it, I don't think that's the goal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The goal is that like something really excellent is made that really feels right. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard when you're like the, you know, I sort of like, like I said, I'm, I sort of end up feeling like I'm kind of the core of what. Or I'm, yeah, I'm just passionate about whatever we're trying to communicate is communicated like the right way and it totally. feels really good to me and it feels good to the guys in the band. So I just kind of work on all the aspects to make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So um, on one of the podcasts mm -hmm. I listened to, you mentioned you're going to a Presbyterian church mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. which, um, which church is it? It's called Grace. It's on Capitol Hill in Seattle. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just great. The, um, the music director there is named Jess, and he he recorded a project with a bunch of the players there called Emerald Hymns. Okay. Really, really great. Really tasteful. He's a uh, he's super inspired by like Sufjan. Okay. And um, but I mean, he does it. He does his own thing. He has his own his own sound. He uses a lot of really really unique melodies and time signatures, and it's really cool. And um, he writes a lot of different hymns and psalm arrangements and stuff like that. So when you started attending, mm -hmm. did you already know him? Mm -mm. Okay. So <laughs> how quickly did he 
how soon did you meet him and how soon did he or has he asked you hey so when are you gonna uh-huh. hop up there i mean i don't remember how we met but we're we're good buddies he actually has come on two tours with us oh cool playing violin oh rad actually he played keys on the last run in texas okay and then he played violin in like the, the northeast like dc and new york and stuff um but yeah i mean he he used to you know hit me up all the time like just anytime you want just come in sit in and play guitar with us on sunday so he never really asked me to lead much but because he knows like music's my job i'm always busy with it yeah yeah gone on sundays if mm. if, if, I, if i'm gone once a month on a sunday it's nice to have the other sundays like not yeah right um but um yeah i mean we're we're buddies now and it wasn't like weird or anything like that. He was just like, if you want to, you know, be a part of it, you can. If you, there's no, it's really a low pressure, low production church. Like, there's no slides or anything like that. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a liturgical vibe deal. And there's lots of strings and they use horns a lot. And hmm. um, that's cool. The band just shows up an hour before the service and looks at the songs and then does it. Hmm. <laughs> so it's just like very low drama. Yeah. And uh, pretty easy. So yeah. 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 But, like, really good quality, really high quality. Hmm. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a Presbyterian pastor. He just okay. he actually just retired, so I was okay. like, oh, Presbyterian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, the, the church that you were planting before, um, were you, you were just leading music for that? Is that... I mean, you were, you got involved with the church to do music. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I came on as an intern to help uh, do the music at University of Washington. It was like where we were planting a college. Right. Okay. Of Marcel Church, and I did that for two years, I think, and then I transferred to kind of the main campus there. Yeah. Did that for a couple more years, and then left that. So, all in all, I think it was five years. Or so. Oh my. I heard you in one of the interviews you talked about doing um, you talked about creating music I can't remember they're kind of all blurred together but the guy was asking you um, uh, why h- how do churches how can we convince congregations to be more into uh, yeah um, just different music. Pushing different music, and you're kind of like, well, I, I, I really appreciated your answer because it was like, job at all. yeah, your your answer was about it should be about what the congregate where the congregation is at, not the other way around. Well, she just reflect the people. Um, and then you said your congregation at the time was reflecting that vibe, so you were doing that. What? Um, do you, well, and that's what, who we were as, as, you know, young young guys and gals. Okay, right. You know, the band model where you have the same people playing, and we played every Sunday for like, you know, a year and a half. Same, same people? Yeah, almost always the same people. That's hardcore. So, I mean, that's, that's a band model. That's not a team. So, like, most... 
most music that gets played in churches is like a franchise model, and that's because it works. It's because you have groups of people that aren't professional musicians, mm -hmm. or, you know, they're just normal people who kind of know how to play an instrument a little bit. You right. Know, you gotta know how to play enough. Right. It's McDonald's, mm -hmm. not in a bad sense. I mean, it, it, you know, what I mean, like, there's, it's not as good of music, and it's not as enjoyable, but in a, in the, in a good, like, it makes sense why Hillsong makes songs like that. Mm -hmm. It's because. You know, you need people that aren't at a high level of talent to be able to make a cheeseburger that's Absolutely. Always, that always works. Yes, <laughs> it fills the up same. Every week. Yes, it's the same. Whereas, like, you put like a say, say then Kings is like a bunch of artisan dudes who really focus on the craft, and we're trying to make a, a burger for two chains with gold flakes on it, and <laughs> so, you know, some crazy thing like that. Right, as right. As wild as we can, it's just a different. It really is like a different job. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason that you franchise that is because you can feed a lot more people that way. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Well, that's how songs get and around. And create consistency, right? Like, yeah, and just. City to city. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Church to church. It. You, get, you, got a, you got a church with 20 people and a guy that barely knows how to play acoustic guitar. They want to be able to sing a worship song. So it's great that we have Chris Tomlin writing songs with four chords because you can do that. You can also do it with a bigger band at a mega church and it's still going to be be great mm -hmm. um, but Kings was very much that group of that group of kids I mean we were kind of a little older than kids but you know what I mean like young 20s and stuff we just we weren't really in that realm it was just us every week with the same congregation on a college campus so we felt more like a, a band band mm -hmm. let's just write what's awesome to us yeah you know and that's just gonna come out different Totally. It's more experimental and it's just, it's a different process of craft. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not like knocking people who do it the other way because it takes a lot of investment and you can be excellent at it. It's just a different product at the end of the day mm -hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Know? For sure. Um, I'm sure you're, you're sick of being asked about it. And this is horrible interview etiquette, but I will say. I just, I feel like I, I have to say that the song A Prayer, um, it, it moved me. Yeah. It, um, it makes me cry every time I'm listening to it, and that is... It's so rad that you came up with this, and then hearing hearing everything that you've said about yeah, not all the aftermath, but the choosing to go forward with it mm -hmm. and release it. Yeah. Um, I thank you. I mean, it's totally. it's awesome. And then hear, hearing it live, you know, uh, I was like, if they do that song, I'm. Probably not gonna cry because you know I'm not, <laughs> not sitting by myself. It's intense, man. But I, dude, it still it still got me. Yeah, it's you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things that is. Uh, I did a lot of thought and a lot of uh, a lot of advice and a lot of just checking motives all the way around from people around me. And at the end of the day, it's like you're, just, you're not going to change a testimony to appease a market. Yeah. You know? But I think what I'm, what I'm assuming 
most people respond to, I mean, this is what I respond to, is that it's a, it's a, it comes from such a real place yeah. that, and that's all good music, right? It's a real sure. place that I relate to. You know, why, we, why are there breakup songs? Right. Because everybody's gone through a breakup. Sure. You know, how can you just walk away from me? You know, yeah, that's, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I feel that way, right? Yeah. And so you wrote this song yeah. that is another aspect of life that people can relate to. And that is like so great that it was this this aspect, this part of life that feels untapped, I think, that raw. Mm-hmm. And that is such a rad thing. Yeah. So Yeah, man, it's it's been really encouraging and it's it's definitely just powerful. Like that is a powerful song. And, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily feel very written. It just feels like just transcribed yeah. gut, you know? And it's like, if there's any group of people in, in, on the planet that should be able to understand and empathize with each other, it's Christians. Mm-hmm. So we're going we're gonna to keep doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And keep being honest with each other because it's, it's about sharing our hearts with each other and our lives with each other and encouraging each other and our faith and that's what that song does. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Dude, Thanks, Chad. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>